2: check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Could the Dallas Cowboys make a big signing now that they've got $11 million more in cap space? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys Podcast.
3: You are Locked On Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas locked Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast locked Network, your locked team every locked day. Locked on. On. On locked on,
2: locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, we've got Twitter questions today. Let's jump right into it. The first question comes from at Dr. Underscore Cowboys. He wants to know Dallas Cowboys are set to gain nearly $11 million in cap space on June 1st after releasing Ezekiel Elliott. Do you think they will
0: make a big signing over the next couple of weeks? I don't know if they'll make a big signing. I mean, I think that, you know, everyone's kind of like looking at this money that is, uh, you know, about to roll down here in a couple of days uh, and, and thinking, oh, you know, now they're going to have, you know, excess of almost $20 million. They'll, they'll, you know, have a lot of room to play with. The Cowboys have plans for that money. I mean, they, they, they've been waiting on accounting on that money. And I don't think that they have plans uh, to, to take that money and necessarily spend it all on one player if that's what everyone's hoping for. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the smart thing that the smart kind of bet on this would be that that money likely ends up somehow in CeeDee Lamb or Trayvon Dick's pocket. Yeah. It, 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 you know, it goes to help kind of sign, you know, college free uh, the college the draft picks and, 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 you know, incentives that get earned and that sort of thing uh now do i think the cowboys will sign somebody with that money i do think that somebody will get signed i think that they probably will sign a veteran or two here or there just to kind of supplement what we've seen we talked about that right yeah yeah exactly like see what you've got in training camp maybe go get a veteran uh to kind of fill in holes here or there a little bit in a couple weeks into training camp or maybe a couple weeks before the season Uh, i think that that's possible but i don't know that i'm you know I'm not anticipating a, a they get that money in their bank account and then them suddenly turning around and, and, and writing a one big check for one player who maybe played for the Arizona Cardinals. I was going to
2: say, so uh, we should at least talk about
0: DeAndre Hopkins because
2: <laughs> yeah. we haven't talked about this since no, before free agency. DeAndre Hopkins has been released. The Cowboys do have the cap space. I think I saw the number today. They're like fifth or sixth in effective cap space. Mm-hmm is there any appeal to you at all to go out and sign DeAndre Hopkins now? Because we've talked about like championship windows. The Cowboys are in one. Instead of worrying about your cap space in 2025 and 26, like,
0: do you just sign Hopkins to a one-year deal and see how it goes? I think the downside here, and and, and this is not a a no, uh, the the downside there is how does it have an effect on your ability to sign CeeDee Lamb to a long-term deal sooner than later, right? Does it have an effect on – his deal and his market and that sort of thing um, you know what's the behind the scenes effect there that that's I think more than anything I, I think and the other part of this is that I think it's a pretty big unknown as to what DeAndre Hopkins's number is going to be Uh, you know he well, was I think on the- after the Odell
2: contract I think that's kind of skewed everything right if Odell Beckham yeah.
0: can get one year 16 million after not playing at all
2: last year yeah and, why and, should DeAndre and,
0: Hopkins take less and, and, and well, and, and the, the other part, part of it, too, was that if if teams were interested at, at DeAndre Hopkins at 14 or 15 million dollars, why didn't they just trade for him? You know, like, instead of going through all the, the rigmarole of, of having to deal with a free agency market and deal with the, with the competing teams. I mean, if if he really is a guy that's going to command that kind of money more than one team is going to be vying for his services. And you may end up paying more than that because DeAndre Hopkins did play football last year and and he, you know, has consistently produced. So I I think for the Cowboys, it's, it's more about, is this a prudent move or not? And, and do you have an immediate plan for him to get, you know, $15 million or whatever it is worth of value out of him immediately. And I think that that's not a clear picture. So I think, I think they could do it if they wanted to, right? Like yeah. if they if they wanted to sign DeAndre Hopkins, they have
2: the cap space. They could Absolutely. do it. They could figure out figure out everything else down the road. I, I've also seen the argument: Hey, if you sign DeAndre Hopkins, that means that Michael Gallup is your fourth receiver, and that guy's got to play special teams. There are ways around that. Like There's we talk about special team. teams a lot. Yeah. But there are ways around that. I think the bigger problem is is the Cowboys made two moves this off season that makes it kind of hard to bring in DeAndre Hopkins. Number one trading for Brandon cooks like Brandon cooks has a fairly big contract. You want him to have a solid role in the team. The second one is they restructured Michael Gallup's deal to push his money more down the road in 2024 and 25. You're kind of tied to Michael Gallup and you kind of need him to work out. I don't know if you can really pay that guy that much money to be your number four receiver. And on top of that, Landon,
0: like is there enough targets for DeAndre yeah. Hopkins to come here? I mean that's the thing, right? Is again that's what I kind of meant by the can you get the value out of him, right? Like you've got a lot of mouths to feed already, and on top of that, you know you want to play a lot of two uh, tight end formation, which means that, you know one of these guys is going to be off the field, and, and that could be Gallup, and that's fine. But I just think that you've already got a lot of money invested in the wide receiver position. You've already committed quite a you know a few targets to, to all these folks. And then on top of that, you've also got other players on other spots that you want to yep. get the football to. So, uh, look, is a, is a DeAndre Ta- Hawkins target pro- better than your tight end two target? Absolutely. Yeah, maybe. Yep. But I think the idea of like having to deploy 11 personnel in order to kind of only get into a spot where you can fe- give all these targets that you need yep. as opposed to being flexible enough to get into the formation you want to get into, I think there's something there as well.
2: Again, I'm I'm not against adding DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not either but it it seems like the Cowboys decided to choose Braden Cooks over DeAndre Hopkins, right? Like you probably only had one spot on your roster for a 30-year-old receiver with that much money tied into it. I'm okay with Cook over Hopkins. I think Hopkins is a better player, but the Cowboys needed more speed. I've got a feeling that Hopkins is just he's probably not going to land in Dallas, even though I, the Cowboys do have the space and the financial flexibility to make that move if they wanted to. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that if the Cowboys wanted to do it and they did do it, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't kill them for it. I think it makes a lot of sense out yeah, of that talent. It, right? Obviously, that makes sense. I'm also not going to kill them for not doing it, right, because I think that there is a lot of bad fit here right there's a lot of things that that you know you want some of these down roster wide receivers to get opportunity because you need them you might need them in the future and, and yeah. you know the more you start to pay these high end players the more you need your younger draft picks to work out and that and that means that you have to provide them opportunity if you continually add these short term fixes here uh, g- great for your for your for 2023 great for trying to win the super bowl this year and if that's the plan that's fantastic but there is the downside there is that you don't get as much opportunity to develop your down roster wide receivers, which may hurt you in the long run. I'm not saying that's a no. Yeah. I'm just saying that is something to consider when calculating the the pros and cons of this.
2: Really quickly, before we move on, I, I do get the sense that they're probably going to bring in another veteran or two, like you mentioned. Remember, the Cowboys signed Anthony Barr. It was what? Once training camp started last yeah. year. Yeah. Maybe they'll do a similar move. I, I'm still looking at the running back position. That's still one where I feel like I don't think it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott coming back, but maybe it's somebody like a Leonard Fournette or somebody just to give them something else in that backfield. I'm looking at that position and then left guard. Like if it's clear that Matt Farniak isn't good enough to start and it's not going to be Chuma Adoga. Maybe that's when the Cowboys tried to bring in Dalton Reisner and Reisner, or maybe it's uh, Andrew Norwell, who the the Washington commanders uh, seems like they're going to release here in the next couple of days. That's what I'm going to be. Kind of looking for
0: yeah I, I and honestly I, I think you know we're kind of looking at positions that you know obviously are a little bit soft for the Cowboys but really you know just any kind of positional value where you feel like you can improve your team or in, in, increase the rotational backup uh, these guys are going to get cut these veteran players who have skins on the wall they're going to get cut for some of these younger mm-hmm. players that are cheaper so the Cowboys may have an opportunity to kind of you know bring somebody in that has some experience uh, either as you know, not doesn't even necessarily need to be a starter. We just listed starter positions, but like mm-hmm. a key, there are several key backup spots that you could feel like you could throw, throw in a guy. I mean, honestly, like would you be shocked that they brought in a veteran uh, backup linebacker like you just Absolutely like, like almost like no. they did with last year? I wouldn't either. I, I think that there are spots where if the right guy gets cut, the Cowboys would be interested in and not just specifically, yes, you know, the left guard or defensive tackle positions that we've talked about before. All
2: right. Let's, uh, let's answer another question, uh, including who is more likely to have a breakout season between Jalen Tolbert and Kelvin Joseph next. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and the calories? Then you need to try the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built Bar. You've absolutely got to try them. If you're like me, you're trying to be a little bit healthier as we get into summer, but you don't want to compromise on taste and we've got just the thing for you. It's Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and they taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so good that you're not even going to know that they're healthy. You've absolutely got to try them because they have 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real dark chocolate. And they come in so many unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Built does it because they have amazing macros, but they taste just like a candy bar. Only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. For years, we've been telling you to go to build.com, order your boxes over there, which you can still do, by the way. But now you can run into your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up some specialty boxes. That's right. Head to Walmart, go to the pharmacy section, and pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or the Coconut Puff, Or if you happen to live near Sam's Club, you can run in, grab a 13-bar box with some of the hit flavors, including brownie batter puff or churro puff, and you can thank us later.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
2: We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow on the show. We've got a special guest guest, Vauch Lombardi, to talk about the Cowboys offensive line, who's going to be starting at left guard, who should be the starting right tackle, all that and so much more. All right, Landon. Next question. Who is more likely to have a breakout season, Calvin Joseph or Jalen Tolper?
0: That's it's a good question. Um, I think Jalen Tolbert, you know, I I think, you know, just, and I'm just, I'm just basing that on the fact that, you know, we've seen Joseph, we've seen him play out there. We've, you know, so, and I still believe in uh, Joseph and I think he can, you know, do it because I've seen skill set that I think equally translates. I think he needs to get his head and his maturity level right in order to kind of stay in on assignment. But I think he has every capability of doing it. I think for Tolbert we just haven't seen it. You know, we just have we haven't seen his uh, uh opportunity on the field very often. You know, not in the way that Joseph ha- uh, we have with Joseph. So, uh I think I'll probably put my money on Tolbert simply because we haven't seen him get his chance yet. And, and 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 we've seen Joseph kind of get a couple different chances and and he's still kind of hoping to develop after getting some time on the field. Who do you think has the easier path to
2: snaps? Is it Tolbert, who is pretty clearly at best the wide receiver. For do you think it's Joseph?
0: Hmm, that's a really good question too.
2: Hmm, um, because I, I kind think of Joseph, like some of the down the roster receivers a little bit. Like,
0: yeah, you've got I some guys Joseph, like yeah, because Dennis, Dennis Houston and Simi Fahoko on offense. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, and those are good points. And I, I think the, the competition is tough at both spots. But I think that yeah, the Joseph does simply because. I feel like he'll make the roster because he can play special teams, exactly. right? Like yes. and I think that's this is the reason that Tolbert hasn't gotten the opportunity that he that Joseph has and maybe that's our answer and that's and it's simply because he's going to get uh Joseph is going to get more uh opportunity because he's, he's going to be on special teams and it's going to give him a chance to play on the field, right? Like his his ability to play defense is kind of secondary to his special teams, but it still provides him opportunity that Joseph that uh that Tolbert didn't get necessarily last year. So unless Tolbert comes out and really kind of shows out and takes a step away from the Fahokus, the Houston's, the, you know, the rest of the fourth wide receiver kind of competition, I don't imagine that he's necessarily going to get a better opportunity than Joseph. Uh, But I do think that with Tolbert, you have some unknown that you don't have with Joseph. So maybe when he does get that opportunity, he has a chance to kind of really show shine and, and show what he's got.
2: And the other thing with Tolbert is he's not even competing only with the wide receivers. He's also competing with the tight ends, right? But like yeah. let's just say Jake Ferguson has an awesome training camp and it's clear the Cowboys want to use two tight ends, even more so than they did last year. There just might not be very many snaps where it's four receivers on the field. And if they're, I mean, which we hardly saw at all last year. Yeah. And if the Cowboys are, you know, decreasing the number of three receiver set snaps. There's just going to be no snaps available for Jalen Tolbert. So uh, he's got to have a big camp. But the, the, the other question I had for you is where do we expect Jalen Tolbert to play like during camp and preseason? Do you think it's going to be on the outside? Do you think he's better off him being like the primary backup to CD lamb? What are your thoughts?
0: I kind of think outside, you know, I just I view him more as a Gallup replacement than like some of these other guys. I mean, I think they'll try to work him in at all three different spots. Um, but I really feel like the Z and the slot spot uh, in this offense have been kind of where they've been trying to focus, uh, you know, the the, pa- the targets through. Uh, that's where they've they've really tried to like you know work cd lamb and and kind of mm-hmm. get him in to get you know uh, better matchups and obviously give him better release options um so I, I wouldn't be surprised if if you know he starts out especially kind of he's since he's a little bit bigger body uh on the line as an ex um you know, and and kind of got more opportunities to kind of do some of the more down the field stuff big body stuff you see the stuff you kind of see Gallup do right It's where just he, weird where... because
2: he didn't do that at all in college like he was really a
0: slot receiver in school. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, I And I think that he will get opportunities there because that's where he played. But I just think that they – look, if you want to get him on the field, you're, you're not getting him on the field in the position where he's going to be the, the focus of the offense. No, I know. You know. That's what's hard about
2: this. That's why that, it's so, such a unique situation.
0: He, he's got to find a way to, to kind of fit in one of those other spots like rotating in for Gallup or rotating in for Cooks or something like that um, because you're just, you're just not going to – spell cd lamb and then have tolbert replace cd lamb like you, yeah. you would you would more more likely get you know focus the the offense through cooks or through uh ferguson at, at that point or, or pollard at that point of, if, if lamb had to come off the field yeah. for a reason so i do think that slot makes some sense because that's where he played in college but i think where the cowboys need him the most i would feel is probably likely outside I I wonder what the plan
2: is because last year we had Steven Jones and Will McClay said so they, uh, they, they put too much on Jalen Tolbert's plate, trying to get him to learn all three positions. So to me, that means we're going to maybe try to focus him on one spot and see if he can get really good there. Where is that? Is it the X receiver? Is it in the slot? Is it the Z? I don't know, but that's something that once we get to – you know, training camp in late July and August. That's one of the things I'm going to be looking forward to seeing the yeah. most because I think that's going to tell us a lot about how quickly he can get on the field.
0: I completely agree. Absolutely.
2: Okay. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's play a game, Landon, on which players are the most likely to be released and which ones would surprise us the most next.
3: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. All right,
2: Landon, we've got some potential roster cuts that people have sent to us. Uh, I'm going to have you rank these 1 through 10. Uh, oh, 10 being that you would be absolutely shocked that this player got cut. 1, not shocked at all. It's basically a given. So first one, this one comes from Christian. He wants to know about Dorrance Armstrong.
0: Man. Okay, so I'm, uh, I'm giving them a 1 through 10 as yes. far. Okay, cool. Uh, I would be pretty shocked if Dorrance Armstrong got cut. I wouldn't be shocked if he got traded, you know, or something like that. So I would say 10 – I'm sorry, 10 is – 10 is getting, like you're absolutely shocked. One is not at all. Okay. Um, I would say four. Okay. I, I I think it could happen, but I, well, I would be surprised.
2: You and I talked about this offline. I think it was about a week ago. The Cowboys can save over $5 million if they move on from Dorms Armstrong. And I don't think – that's not an insignificant amount of money. No, but not. he's also a, he's also a good player. So you're not going to cut him just to cut him, just to save the five million. I do think if Isaiah Land has a nice camp and Sam Williams, it's clear that he's taking another step. And Dante Fowler looks like he could be your third or fourth defensive end. And Chauncey Golson's having a really nice camp. Like maybe you figure out okay, hey, there's not a big drop off between Dorrance Armstrong and Dante Fowler. Let's save that five million and allocate it somewhere else. But it would it it's almost has it almost has more to do with everybody else on the roster other than Dorrence Armstrong because oh, I think yeah? we kinda know Absolutely. what Dorren's Armstrong
0: is. Yeah, Doran Armstrong Armstrong's played really great football. I mean, it's a good had deal had his, at five billion, it's just if he it's had close enough. Season last year. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, is I totally think he's a five million dollar player. I think that contract's tradable. I mean, that's a great deal for a, a guy who will get you six sacks and be maybe your best special teams player. Like that's yeah. That's really good money.
2: But it so, might but he might be your fourth or fifth defensive end this year. And the Cowboys yeah. might feel like, That's hey, if true. we can if we can pay for our slot corner, Jordan Lewis, who's five million, by releasing Doran Armstrong and not getting worse, let's do it.
0: Yeah. I, I think you know his situation is very unique in that I don't he's too good, I think, for them to just straight up cut. I just I I would be surprised if they straight up cut him, but I I could easily see a team giving the Cowboys something for him because there aren't the you know, pass rushes as yep. a necessity and there aren't a ton of these guys. You can get a guy for cheap that will give you, like I said, five or six sacks a year on limited snaps. And he's like you said, your special teams ace. Yep. I think a team will, will flip a, a fifth or sixth fourth, sure. fifth or sixth round pick for that, you know, and uh, it certainly is that's something that's certainly a lot more palatable than just trying to release him because you have too much talent. Yeah, position, it, it, right? it, it, and you don't
2: make this move now, there's no incentive no, no, for the no, Cowboys no. to trade him or release him now. You wait until training camp to see what your roster looks like, to see if you're healthy. Because if Demarcus Lawrence, costing our fingers, goes down in camp and he's out for eight weeks, you really don't want to move on from Doris Armstrong. But if you get through camp and everybody's healthy, okay, maybe it's a little bit more palatable. Uh, This next one is really interesting. I think we have this tendency to assume that if you made the roster last year, you're automatically a given to make it the following year. Uh, This next one, Peyton Hendershot from Kyle. He wants to know, is he a lock to make the roster? I feel like –
0: I feel like he is. Because he's
2: not your first tight end. No. And he's probably not going to be your second tight end. Then it comes down to who do you like on special teams more, Sean McEwen or Peyton Hendershot or – do you just keep
0: another running back like Hunter Lepke who can do a lot of the same kind of things? Yeah, I think the th- other thing to remember when we talk about the special team stuff because that got brought up a little bit uh, earlier as well too. And, and you kind of hinted at this. And I just wanted to expound on it is that the angles have changed this year with the, with the special teams. I mean, you, you're you're not – rostering a second running back who or running back one or whatever you want to call Zeke who doesn't play special teams so you're yeah. already gaining a, a one player hopefully that plays special teams on, in your backfield and I think there's a couple other spots where you can kind of uh, uh, sub in a, a player who will play special teams versus a player that didn't previously right yeah. so I think you have to think about this stuff and, and then and thinking about special teams is important with you know game day roster management but um, I tend to think that Hendershot is someone that they have plans for, and and whether or not you know that's necessarily this year or kind of just moving forward, I think they obviously like what he does. They, I think they think that he, I mean, and he does, he kind of does a little something a little bit different than the other guys do, uh, as far as kind of being a down the field, uh, mm-hmm. over the rim, sort of receiving threat, right? um I, I think we're, it's going to be an important year for Hendershot, but I do think that if he's shown even just a a medium level of, of improvement in his blocking, and just kind of gotten a little bit stronger. Uh, I, I feel like there's a very good chance that he you know, makes the roster. I would put him at a uh, two or three, right? Okay. One one is, is the shocked one. Right? Will you be shocked if they get cut? I keep forgetting what the, yeah, the one three. would be. You you would not be shocked if he gets cut. Oh so. oh okay. Well then I would say eight or, or okay. Seven that, that's right. And then I need to flip the other one too to yeah. six instead of four. Okay. Sorry. Sorry.
2: I I kind of agree with you. Although very much like the conversation we were just having about Jalen Tolbert is I wonder like if Peyton Hendershot isn't just competing with the tight ends for a roster spot. We mentioned Hunter Lipke. Maybe they'll go deep at receiver. Like they, they obviously like the, you know, a couple of these guys that they signed as undrafted free agents, the South Carolina receiver uh, Brooks, who they drafted really to be a special teams guy in the seventh round. Maybe they just go a little bit long there and try to, find their next Noah Brown who can do some of the tight end blocking wide receiver stuff. So, uh, but I agree. I think Hendershot's going to be in the roster. Last one. And this one's very interesting. Neville Gallimore going into the final year Over of his there. rookie contract. Uh, he's got, I think it's a $2.1 million cap hit this year. Still, still pretty young. What are your thoughts here?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a very good shot that, that Gallimore gets cut or, or or moved off in some way, right? And and I think the writing, you know, was has been on the wall or or at least it, it, it feels like he's, I don't want to say earned a cut, but yeah, it, it feels like this experiment's gone on long enough, right? Like yep. we've waited and yep. waited and waited for him to get better and it just, it, it doesn't feel like there's a ton of improvements. I, I honestly was kind of, was on board with cutting him last season, like at the end of the year. I think they
2: released better players than Neville Gallimore to save his spot. Like they cut Terrell Basham and Tristan Hill, who I just thought were
0: playing better. Yeah, and 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 I'm yeah, I was surprised that they cut Tristan Hill over Neville Gallimore, to be honest. Um, and you know, I, I, not that either one of them was playing good football, and John Ridgway. Yeah, um, so I, I think. There's a very high likelihood, especially if they can find another defensive tackle. Like you know, someone gets cut or they're able to sign somebody. Uh, I think you know they would just at this point rather find another body or find a way to cobble together the position with other defensive tackles and defensive ends. It's you know, it's just been one of those things where it feels like his snaps got wasted and 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 he just wasn't able to kind of. Do anything in the pass or the run game, and he was um,
2: inactive both games in the playoffs. I mean, that just yeah. tells you kind of a lot,
0: right? Yeah, so. they, they did everything they could to not have to make him an active yeah. uh, game day on the active game day roster. Uh, I think if they find if they can find anything that's even decent replacement level, yeah. they'll they'll likely cut him. So maybe I will say just, a, a, a one.
2: You know, yeah. it, it, maybe it's junior for Hoku that just if he shows it yeah. that he could be a you know interior defensive player in the NFL or Chauncey Golston makes a step. I, I again I I'm with you. A one or two for me. I kind of expect Gallimore to be released at this point. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Again, every day or tomorrow on the show, special guest guest Vosh Lombardi Make sure you tune in for that. Uh, We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Please go check us out on YouTube. You can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you next time.